Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. How's it going, Jocelyn? It's going pretty good. We're recording a little bit late tonight because I got so absorbed in the game I'm going to talk about tonight that I was very, very late. <laughs> yeah, and it's not God of War 2018. Just throwing that it out there. It is not. Is not, and don't worry, I still have not purchased the collector's edition of Ragnarok. I have been holding off, I've been very good, and I still have not played God of War on the PlayStation. So <laughs> it's on the list, but yeah, I haven't uh, haven't played it yet. So still no cloth map for me. Oh uh, well, you know you'll get there. I I have you have a couple months. I don't think it's out till November, and I mean November's. That's that's a couple months away, right? Like November is not even close. So, well, I mean, we kind of have September and October because it's it's the 23rd of August now. Like we're basically at the end. September's next <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> uh Oh, guys, it's the end. I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you. But yeah, we're we're like done with summer, basically. I mean, it's going to be snowing in two weeks. <laughs> what? Oh, man. Well, you know what? That'll get you. Uh, yeah, it's snow on the We're ground. Just leaning into the Canada jokes here. <laughs> true, it's true. Uh, just make sure you have your double double uh, while it's before it snows. Before you get snowed in for the winter, you know. So. Yep, <laughs> for the winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just hole up in our igloos and don't go anywhere from September through June. <laughs> Look, I say double double. People at home might be thinking, "Is like, is that like a type of generator or something?" <laughs> No, it's coffee. It's coffee. <laughs> and and I mean, it's so strong and it's so sugary that uh, it basically lasts you the whole summer. You just. You yeah, know, it just, the whole winter a, just keeps you going. <laughs> summer. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Winter. Summer's is it's different. It's a double double, but it's an ice cap. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Deep diving on the Canada lore tonight. <laughs> yeah. People are going to have to Google that one, I guess. Maybe. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so what have you been up to? I know uh, the game club is going strong. You guys are into Pyre now. How, how's that treating you? Yeah, so we're uh, so I, I as is tradition, I mean, is it I guess it's tradition. This is the second time this is the second TGI game club. So we've we've got a few uh, weeks uh, completed. So I wanted to bring it on the show and chat a little bit about the game. And it's a good time because right now it is uh, I think Pyre is 70 percent off on on the PlayStation store. So if you wanted to jump in, you could pick it up there at a, at a deep discount and, and join us. Nice. In. Yeah. So we're doing a game club again for Pyre this time. And uh, we're essentially we're we are where am I trying to we're we're two weeks in. We've done two miles two discussions um, and we are all really enjoying the game uh, so far. It's it's a by Supergiant Games, so the folks behind Bastion and Hades, those are probably their two most well known products. And it's the way I would describe it so far, and I and, and I don't even know if it does it justice, but it's like part visual novel uh, and part sports game, if if that makes sense. Like there's that makes no sense at all. No, I mean <laughs> I'm just gonna throw it out there, like. I mean, first of all, the fact that it has any element of a sports game makes me raise an eyebrow because you don't normally like them or play them. And sure. then if it's just layered with a visual novel on top, I'm like, where's the Ryan appeal here? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't mind. Uh, it, it's I know funny. you like a good story. I do yes. know you like a good story, but it just seems like 
a good story wouldn't be enough to pull you into a sports game. So I'm very confused by your description. Yeah. And and here's the thing. I think after our last episode, so we weren't around, we, we missed it a week last week, but we I think the the previous episode, we talked about Hooked on You, which is yes. a, a visual novel type setup. Um, and I, I think there were some comments like it was the week before we were starting our first Pyre discussion. And it's like, oh, Ryan doesn't like visual novels with no voice acting. This could not go. This this might not go well. <laughs> um, and, and here's the thing. Like, I, I walked that back a bit because I am enjoying Pyre. And I think it comes down to the writing. Well, yeah, the DBD writing is not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I haven't played it, so I uh, I will take your word for it. But yeah, like I feel like it's the writing isn't uh the appeal there it's the interacting with those characters in a in a different way and uh, again but the good writing like really brings out that gameplay i mean that's the best part about that's got to be the best part of a visual novel is yes the visuals but the novel part is critical like it's got to mm-hmm. be really good writing and super giant games is is a a really good developer when it comes to writing They've they've really nailed it with this one. So the idea behind Pyre is that you play what is uh, I think is called the reader and you are in exile and you kind of come across uh, these other exiles that are trying to gain their freedom through uh, the rights, playing in these rights, uh, winning and then um, eventually getting to what they call is a, a liberation right. If you win it, the main person you choose gets to go back to uh, the, they call it the Commonwealth. So instead of prison or whatever, they will exile you into the, I don't know what they call it, like in terms of the the lands that you're in. I know there is a, a land, a, like a name for it, uh, mm-hmm. but, but I don't remember it. But there is this area that they exile you to and, and you basically have to live out your days there, live out your sentence. Uh, but you can gain your freedom by playing in these rights and you get fully exonerated for any of your crimes and you're welcome back and you get to live live the rest of your days in the Commonwealth and the visual novel portion is you interacting with these characters, learning more about their backstory and, you know, progressing the story and in, in trying to, uh, to, to free yourself and your fellow companions as you, uh, as you work your way through this adventure. So like, that's the visual novel portion of it and the interactions with the characters. And there's some dialogue choices as well as you react to people uh, in discussions and stuff. But the sports game aspect of it, the rights and sports game did come up a little bit in the discord discussion, but there were some other descriptors I think that might be a little closer. It's like a, a maybe like a mini MOBA. It would be a better way to describe it. Like it's not a traditional like it's a it's a it's a I think the go to to sports is because it's a you have to basically score uh, points against your opponent. There are two pyres, yours and, and the opponents. It's basically like a like a goal. Ah, so that's where the name comes from. I'm getting it. Yeah. So there's a giant fire at I, at either side of the map. And basically you have to uh, collect the orb. So again, sports, there's a ball. So you got to collect the orb and basically walk it into your opponent's pyre, which will reduce the pyre's uh, point system. I think each side starts at 100. And depending on which character you use to bring the orb to the pyre, you will take more uh, power off of their off their pyre so there are these there are, is a, a larger character um slower but has a stronger aura and that aura allows you basically to knock people off the board uh when you're not holding on to the orb 
Um, and it, it's basically like, it's all represented by um, each character has this aura, this like sort of circular um, radius around them. And uh, like I said, the larger characters have a larger radius and smaller characters have, have a smaller radius. So you kind of have to play the strategy there of like, okay, how am I going to move across this map? You can only move one character at a time. Um, so you're having to pass the control between the three characters that are on the map. And essentially, with all those abilities, you have to basically douse the opponent's pyre uh, to win the game. And early on, it's fairly simple. Like, you have your three characters you start with. They all have some, you know, varying abilities. They can jump. They can sprint. So there's a stamina system. But the main point of it is to grab the orb and successfully make your way across the map. And I think that's where, like, it's easy to go to sports, but it, it might be closer to like what might be sort of considered like a simplified MOBA experience where you have varying skills and abilities for each uh, character that's on your team. And same with your opponents. There are multiple different hero types that you're going to be playing against. There are flying units. There are uh, there's there's this like worm guy who basically he he creates like a, a trail and you can hit the uh the aura button which will have him like sort of snap back to the to the uh, tail end of his uh trail and then that will create like a sort of a i don't know what you would call it but like basically in wow there's like the poop on the ground which would kill you so that's yeah. basically what it is <laughs> is that the worm leaves a bunch of poop on the ground so like that's the idea there is that you're you you're working through the visual novel aspect you're getting to the sports slash moba portion and um you whether you win or lose you continue down the path like it doesn't matter if you win or lose you're still going to continue the story uh and eventually your your whole goal is to liberate as many of your your friends that are in exile as possible and uh so if you do really badly if you lose like every sports match then or every pyre match i guess then is it possible you just don't liberate anyone and like you get a bad ending kind of deal like is, is it a branching story uh that's a good question i mean and maybe one that you can't or don't want to answer right now that's fair because i know it is a, it is a game club game so i don't want to spoil anything that's coming down the pipe yeah so i'm I, w I don't know for certain but i mean based so each tgi game club we do we have someone who's kind of leading us through the experience uh, and this time it's it's Elsie in the Discord who's helping us out. And uh, they did say like, oh, um, you can lose. It's fine. as Like the, the game even says like whether you win or lose, as long as you continue down the path to enlightenment, you will you will continue to progress in, in this uh, sort of journey. Um, that being said, it sounds like that's the game's way of of kind of like being like, no, 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 just keep going. I mean, you can restart the right if you are finding that uh, it's not going in your favor and there's no penalty to restarting it. It's just it basically like a, a quick save re reload. But what happens if you uh, no one's no one so far in our discussions has failed uh, a liberation right, which is the last right of each milestone, which allows you to basically save someone and, and send them back to the Commonwealth. Um, there's a bit more to the game from a story perspective as to what you're trying to do there. Like, again, the start of the game is very much, we, we just, we, we found the way to freedom and that's to participate in the rights. But as you continue on in that first sort of section of the game, you are learning more about maybe why, 
um, you want to keep doing these rights and why you maybe want to break the system or whatever and, and, and find a way to, to save everyone basically. Um, but, uh, yeah, what happens if you don't, if you don't win, I, I don't know. And, and again, like it would be really interesting so far, no one in the game club has, uh, has thrown, <laughs> thrown a match to see what would happen. But that would be interesting. Maybe that's something I need to do. And 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 maybe down the road, if things just get more and more difficult where you are going to lose um, and, and you might just not want to restart. And well, yeah, because you guys you guys are still pretty early on. Right. So I would imagine the difficulty would ramp up over time. Yeah. And they do say like each time you complete sort of that final right, uh, you know, your enemies are getting stronger and stronger because they're also continuing to live in exile they're continuing to build up their their strengths and and stuff so like it, it makes sense from a lore perspective that the longer you can you compete in these rights the the more powerful you're getting because you're earning xp whether you win or lose so everybody's in the same playing field and uh again like from a story perspective like there's these little things that i didn't even realize like uh, our second milestone is like well who did you who did you send to the Commonwealth and did you, uh, did you happen to get this story beat with that character? I think it was, uh, there's one character named, uh, I think his name is Rookie and he's like a dog with a, 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 a like an old fashioned mustache. And, uh, there's these choices you get, like there's these Wait, choices. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's a dog with yeah. an old fashioned mustache and you didn't lead with that. Yeah. I'm going to, you just... could have gotten so many more people involved if you just said dog mustache go. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to put this in our uh, discord and you can, you can just see it. And it's, 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 his name is Rookie Greentail. He is, uh, he has a green tail spoiler alert, but here he is. He's got a little mustache. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Not only a little mustache and a green tail, but the jazziest jacket I have seen in a while. <laughs> now, yeah. this is a character. Exactly. And again, like there's all, all of the art. The, the, I didn't even talk about the art, but the art is superb. Like they do a, like the visual part of this. It, like it should not surprise anybody. If you've played a super giant game, you know that they do art really well. And another thing they do really well is is music. Like there's... um very poignant moments where they have like i mean you remember the singing in bastion it was probably one of the it was one of the great parts and there were a lot of great parts of that game i was gonna say i feel like that's what it's most well known for yeah yeah and and hades has it too and of course it's here it's here as well but you know back to rookie so there are these choices that you get one of those choices rookie will come up to you and he says like um, hey, you know, I'm wondering about this mustache. Should I get rid of it? Some people say it might be, it might not be something I keep. And you have a choice. I obviously, I, I, I asked him to, I said, no, no, you should keep the mustache because it's, it's, it's very nice. And it's and it, fabulous. It's, it's <laughs> fabulous. Yeah. So like there's little choices like that, which are more fun and cosmetic, but then there are other things and I, I completely missed it. I sent Rookie to the Commonwealth and I guess there was a, oh, did you, um, clear his debt before you, uh, Oh no. Is he going to get sent right back again for being in debt and not paying? Well, no, when you, when you go back to the Commonwealth, all is forgiven. So, and I, and I guess like it's one of those things where there are these story beats where if you didn't face off against uh, that specific team, then that option didn't come up. So like, we're all experiencing different things as, because after the first liberation, right, you kind of get the option to kind of choose your path as opposed to going down a set path. So you can play, um, we might all play against different teams in this round. 
So I never came across that specific team where uh, we were going to clear Rookie's debt, but I did come across another area where, um, you know, a, a character uh, made friends with with the, uh, someone on the enemy team. So like, again, there's these story beats that are only going to come up uh, depending on what characters you keep around. Um, and uh, like, everyone's going to have a, a different experience the further we go, because we're sending different characters um, home each time. So it's it's been it's been really interesting to compare sort of oh you know who did you send home this time and that's usually like the the first question each each week but then it from there it expands into like oh i had this experience with you know there's a character that you find she doesn't remember her name and you get to you get to name her but it's all like variations of um uh ae names so there's like ray and shay and those are those are uh, two of them but there was like two pages of those variations so we all got to talk about what we named i think i think she was called the stowaway or something because she was in the wagon but um yeah there's little things like that just just little things that pop up and it's 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 a great game for discussions because like the first milestone like everyone was kind of like had the same experience because it is like basically introing the game to you but then as we got into the second week, we quickly realized like, oh, wow, this really opens up and there's a lot of different choices and we can kind of, you know, put our heads together and and, and discuss our varying experiences. Uh, but uh, yeah, the the first week was like one of those choices. Like, did you did you ask Rookie to keep his mustache? I think one person shaved the mustache, um, which which is fine. Like, I hope fine. you banned them from the discord. I did not. not fine. I did not. It's not them. fine, Ryan. <laughs> I did not ban them from the Discord, and I'm sure they're listening. That is the objectively wrong choice. <laughs> hey, maybe you just you don't like mustaches. I, I think the mustache looked fine. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe everyone kept the mustache. I don't know. Here I am backpedaling <laughs> as I'm trying to protect this person uh, from... <laughs> You're not going to be banned from the Discord. It's fine. It's okay. But, uh, you know, uh, it, it it's a fun game. It's a nice laid back experience because, like I said, it's a visual novel. Um, you get to do some reading and the writing's really good. There is voice acting when you play in the rights. Um, they bring back that, you know, the the approach to narration that you get in all Supergiant games. Like they bring that aspect back here, but it's during the rights. Again, like that's where you'd want to have it when you're busy with the active gameplay. You're not reading. Yeah, you can't sit there and read. Yeah, exactly. So you have this narrator kind of talking about your characters and the enemy team and, and how they're interacting. And it it's, it's more simple than I think their other narration where it's not like it's, it's, it's more simple. Like, Oh, that I'm not even going to do it justice to try to, <laughs> to try to imitate it. But it's like, you know, when you score a goal, it's like, Oh, and Ray jumps into the pyre or something like that, you know? And, and there's like intros and outros that are unique to what's going on. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really neat, and like I said, it's it's on sale. The game came out in 2017, so it's it's. It, I'll sound like a broken record every week if I if I tell you where it's on sale now, but but right now it is on sale in the PlayStation Store, um, which I think is a great place to to pick it up, and it will it should run it should run on your PlayStation Five. Like I I'm not personally playing it on PlayStation. I'm playing it on PC, um. But I believe I believe a few folks are playing it on on PlayStation and they do have PlayStation five. So it should be compatible. But I think it's uh, originally a PS4 game, so it should be fine. But uh, yeah, we're we're not too far off. It's about a, I think it would be about 
six hours or so to catch up uh, in terms of gameplay, and um, it goes by pretty quick. Yeah, you try to keep the play sessions reasonable for, you know, people to to keep up with every week. So, yes, yeah, we're only in our we're heading into our third discussion on. Sun- so each discussion happens on Sundays. Uh, uh, usually the discussion will start sometime later in the morning Eastern time. Uh, Jim would often start the conversations quite early, but uh, I think Elsie's uh, in a different time zone. So um, they post them a little later. So it, it, it's totally cool. You'll you'll so Sunday afternoon, you can jump into the conversation. And again, it, uh, if you wa- want to catch up, you can either catch right up and then jump into the third milestone discussion. Or you can just uh, you can play that chunk of gameplay and then jump into each discussion individually. And people will get a notification as you bring that thread back to life. Um, and that's worked quite well in the past. And yeah, and the, and the milestones are all described. They're pinned in the game club channel. So uh, you can go in there and get details on how far you want to play. But essentially, the game is set up really well in that um, each time you finish a liberation right, which is very clear from a gameplay and narrative standpoint, that's the first that's each milestone. And we're right. just going to continue that until we finish the game. Very cool. Very cool. I'm glad you guys are having fun. And uh, Game Club in general is just such a kind of cool idea, and I'm glad that we're doing it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been fun. Yeah, thank you to our volunteers each each time we do this too, because I know like it's not at, like Ryan and I play along, but it's it's not the kind of thing where you know we organize it by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> so uh, thank you guys very much in the community for for helping us out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we do really appreciate it, and I and I know. Um, each time that, you know, the the game club leader has been playing, you know, ahead each week. And, uh, I think, I think, uh, it's worked really well. And, uh, I, I think, uh, I think eventually I'll have to, I'll have to volunteer one time. Um, maybe (laughs) once the fall hits, maybe, maybe the next game I'll, I'll sort of take the lead and, uh, and see where we go. But right now we're playing Pyre and we're all really enjoying it. And we've, we've started a list. We did a poll last time and I said, any, any game we don't decide on, we'll put on a list and we'll we'll circle back to it. So we've got a, a good uh, a good chunk uh, in in that list there to kind of choose from in the future. So it's it is it's been a lot of fun. It's been very engaging from a community aspect, which is awesome. And uh, we'll definitely keep it going. Sounds awesome. Uh, well, one thing that I kept going, uh, as I mentioned earlier, and totally missed our original recording time um i've been playing two point campus and so this just came out uh this month in august and it is free on game pass so um i decided to check it out it's 54 dollars canadian otherwise which is probably like 40 45 dollars american i would imagine um but it is like i say it is free and available on game pass so i've had two point hospital recommended to me for like the last couple of years as like if you like all of these other things you play you'll love this game and i've always i kept looking at it going do i really want to do a hospital management sim in the middle of a pandemic no no i do not (laughs) (laughs) so i never played the first game this is uh so it's by the same people the this uh two point it's published by sega and it's a it's a it's a university campus management game. And there's like 
it, it's kind of like any other management game where you've got like a whole but it's kind of it reminds me of like roller coaster tycoon where like you have objectives that will make it so that your park is you know x number of stars so like one two or three stars once you complete those objectives you go and try to solve the problems of the next campus like it's one of those things and basically it's just like you um you place a bunch of rooms you put in a bunch of amenities and you try to raise the happiness of your students so that they study harder and then your university is basically uh, gets more funds and and accolades and awards and stuff the better that your students do in your classes so it's a pretty like basic management sim but like Ryan I can't stop playing it <laughs> like it feels like it's not crazy in depth yet and I've just finished like the very first campus so basically the tutorial campus um and I haven't moved on any further yet so it's very possible and uh, like I'm sure that it will get uh bigger and more complicated and everything else because like I only offered two courses at my first university. So it was a, a science course and a VR course. Hmm. And so if you only have like two courses, that's only like two types of students, two types of classrooms. You have lecture halls as well, but they're generic. Anyone can use them for any program. So and same with the library, although like you have to make sure that you have bookshelves for each of your programs so that your students can like do their assignments and stuff. But with only two programs, it was pretty straightforward. And again, it was the very first campus. It was basically the tutorial, but I think I played it for probably three or four hours and I just got so sucked in. And it does the thing where like you can click on individual students attending your university and I think I had like almost 200 by the end of my fourth year and you can like click on them and they all have names and they're all original character designs and they all have like objectives like things they want to do and it's things like I'd really like a smoothie from the smoothie bar or I really want to get an A in science and it's just like there's so many of them <laughs> and they're so unique and I don't, they're just, there's something about management sims that go to that level of detail where you can actually go and click on any one of 200 randomly generated people. And it's just like, I don't know, there's some God complexiness there for sure, but man, it's fun. It's addictive. It's really well done. Now, are you playing on PC? Because I know it's on Xbox as well, right? Yeah, I am playing on PC. So I'm playing on Game Pass, but like for my PC. Yeah, right. But that's probably the preferred. But like, I think with these simulation strategy games. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I'm sure you probably could play it on an Xbox. It has a fairly simple control system um, in terms of like moving stuff around and like the view and things like you use the middle mouse button to do a lot of stuff like you kind of like push it left or right or scroll it in and out or push it down and pull it a different way. So like it's a very obviously trying to be a controller. <laughs> so that makes me think that that control scheme would map really well to a controller. I haven't tried it that way yet. I have just been playing with mouse and keyboard, but um, it feels like it would probably map pretty well to a controller. It's a pretty simplistic interface. Hmm. Yeah, no, I think uh, like you, Two Point Hospitals have been recommended a lot. And I was interested in checking it out. I never got around to it. And I think 
I think I like the idea of uh, Two Point Campus being like uh, this quirky, fun, you know, simulation strategy game where uh, like it sounds it sounds like it would be a cool way to kind of just chill and and sort out some challenges and stuff. It kind of reminds me the way you're describing it of like uh, some of the roller coaster games I think you played. Yeah, that or like roller coaster tycoon, zoo tycoon, those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm wondering I'm wondering if it, it might even be I don't think it's the same developers because what is the there's like that roller coaster one that came out uh not too long ago. Uh I'm trying to remember what it was called, but this but it, it, no, it's not the same it's not the same developer, but it was like uh, I'm not gonna remember it, it's fine. Um but uh yeah, this looks really neat. And um I guess it's from the, so previously worked on oh well you're gonna love this so they previously worked on the fable series so these are oh okay is it planet coaster the one that you're thinking of okay yeah yeah same same idea (laughs) yeah yeah so these these folks here so uh so they were founded by so car and webley uh it was two of the original founders and they came from they worked on originally theme hospitals so that's where two point hospital um it's sort Mm. of a spiritual successor but black and white uh fable uh, those sort of uh, games that they're, they previously worked on. So that's really neat. Um, it, it certainly has that humor to it. And I know, you know, you know, Lionhead Studios, they, they, I think they did a couple of like, of these like strategy simulation games. Um, there was one about, it was, I think it was called the movies or something. And I, I got the same vibe uh, from that as I did f- from these games. It's like just trying to sort out these weird and wacky challenges um, I think you can like major in goldfish or something like the, I saw that online too. Like there's just these weird and wacky uh, classes that you can set up and it just sounds because it's not it's not like, oh, you got to make sure you have your algebra class working well and your physics class where like, it's, <laughs> it's a little more fun than that, right? Yes. Yeah, there's so yeah, I I have a actually I, I said science class, but I'm pretty sure it might have been Scientology class. <laughs> okay. Um, and then, yeah, there was definitely a VR class. Uh, but there's a lot of like, um, not necessarily in the class names, but in like the descriptors of stuff like you, you can definitely see that sense of humor. Um, and there's also this like really fun, like campus radio station that's kind of just always playing in the background. And there's a lot of little like Easter eggs from like the gaming community and the Twitch community and stuff. Like, uh, I don't know, Ryan, how much time you spend on Twitch, but um, Twitch bots are really popular, obviously. And there's a lot of streamers in the last couple of years that have been trying to use them to to do things that are a little bit healthier. There's also like channel currency that you can get and you can buy like redeem stuff on Twitch uh, that the streamer sets up. And one of the things that they often set up is a hydrate bot. So it's like basically reminding the streamer whenever you pay um, channel points, like, don't forget to hydrate, don't forget to hydrate. And uh, so there's literally this campus radio station is like, if the administrator is paying attention right now, don't forget to hydrate. <laughs> like, so <laughs> It's very like, uh, it is kind of like tongue in cheek and stuff. And and I've, I find the campus radio station is actually probably my favorite part because that is very much like, Every once in a while, it'll be like almost like a hidden game tip, um, but it's delivered in this super funny way. And they have like different announcers. Like it's not always the same campus radio voice. Like it is actually like you're listening to three or four different like radio shows. And sometimes they are 
completely absurd news stories. Sometimes they're like gameplay tips. Sometimes they're little like gaming community Easter eggs. Like it's it's really fun. They've done a good job of kind of like realizing you're probably zoning out and then like trying to catch your attention back again almost with it. It's really cool. Yeah. Oh, it's it sounds really sounds really neat. I, I think it's it's been so long since I've played like a like a simulation strategy game like this. And I, I think it has to be, you know, kind of reminds me a bit of The Sims. You know, it has to be like a like just more quirky, more fun. Um, I tried to play Jurassic World um, 2 Evolution or whatever, because it was on Game Pass as well. Yes. And yeah. It just it um it was trying to be funny, but it was still like a bunch of dinosaurs escaping and, and stuff. And it was like, uh, it's, it's a weird tone. That's kind of why I feel like campus appealed to me more than hospital, because it's like, if I fail, like they're going to flunk out of university. It's not the end of the world. Like if I fail running a hospital, like people are going to die. I don't want that on my conscience. Like, and I realize that it's like, it's virtual. It's a, sim- it's a simulation, right? Like I get that, but still like, I just need a little more joy or a little bit less stakes in my uh, in my gaming world, I guess, in my yeah. gaming life. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. And I mean, your 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 attitude towards managing a campus that kind of sounds like the real uh, the way a real campus is run too. Like, they, right? You know, hey, <laughs> you man, flunk, it's on you. Tough shit. <laughs> exactly. Give us the hundreds of thousands of dollars for the books and the tuition and stuff. But oh no, if your grades start to slip, we really don't have an avenue to help you with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh man, I'm having. Uh, I'm gonna Getting dream about exams ass. now. Yeah, that's great. Um, but yeah, you're no. welcome. <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully it's an exam in VR class because I feel like I, I, I could do. I don't even know what what's the exam. Like, don't get sick. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I would totally fail if that was the exam. <laughs> but you gotta study. You gotta study. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it sounds really cool. It's it's one that I I keep meaning to check out, and I'm like maybe I'll I'll play it on the Xbox. But I'm like no, I really should find the time and the courage to boot up my computer and play it there. So well, I did. I do think that it's worth it. I think that uh, it's it was a lot of fun. Like I say, it has a great sense of humor. It's got some pretty good mechanics. Um, it took me a little while. So basically, um, there's like plots of land on the campus, and it does teach you to buy the first plot of land. Like, so you get there, there's already one main building and then there's a plot of land next to it. And that's your objective for the second year. They're like, okay, you know, you're opening a new program, the VR program or whatever. You should really purchase another plot. And, you know, you also have to expand. You're going to have more students. So you need, you know, more dorm space. You need more classrooms and all that kind of stuff. So buy the plot and kind of expand your university. But then they don't really tell you that there's more plots. And if you like zoom out a little bit, you can kind of see a little bit more clearly that there's more land available to buy. But I did not realize that. And each of the rooms that you have. So like if you make a science classroom, it doesn't allow you to go smaller than like a certain measurement. So it's like I think the science classroom was like three by three or something or maybe four by four because there's pieces of equipment that need to go into each classroom before it can actually be a functioning science classroom. So you have to have like the lab table and you have to have like the blackboard and you have to have this like big, 
I don't, science machine thing <laughs> that goes in the middle of the room. Like there's like requirements you have to hit before it counts. And you can't open your university for the year until you've checked off all your boxes. So you've hired all your teachers, you've opened all your classrooms, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so like, I very quickly ran out of room because <laughs> I was just like, it's literally impossible. Like, because you don't actually, and I, I shouldn't say this, I always opted when I bought a plot of land to buy a plot of land, pay a little bit more and have them build the building for me. And basically what it does is it puts like, um, and I guess it like there's some landscaping and some pathways that it builds and some doors. And then it builds like the outer walls of the building. And then you have to like click and drag to make the classrooms inside of that footprint. So like there can be some awkward shapes or it's not quite done properly. And if you bought a plot, you probably could build it from the ground up like you can when you build or when you buy an empty plot in Sims as well, where like you can start with just like a square of green grass and go. Um, but I was like learning and trying to get through it quickly enough so that I had some stuff to talk about tonight. So I didn't start from scratch. I let them build the base building for me and then just kind of like clicked and dragged my way through the um, the actual building of the classrooms. But I totally didn't realize until like I went through the whole third year with this like <laughs> terribly laid out, like all the students were yelling at me and everything. And they're like, oh, my God, I can't get to my classes on time. Why is this all the way over here and this all the way over here? And there's not enough beds. And it's like, you've got three beds and 100 students. What the hell? <laughs> so, um, yeah, buying plots of land and expanding your university is also very important. <laughs> but yeah, it's not quite as, as obvious. But I did find like the building of the actual campus was pretty easy and pretty straightforward once I realized that I could buy more buildings. And I wasn't restricted to just the one. Um, then, then things kind of opened up and got easier. So um, there's there's that, and then there's like you have to try to level up your classrooms, which basically involves like adding more equipment, adding some decorations, making sure you've got like garbage cans and a janitor and all that kind of stuff. Like, and then once your room has enough appeal, then it kind of levels up, and then you you get this other kind of currency, which is called coup dollars or something like that it's like kudos and dollars smooshed together and uh maybe it's kudos but like dough like like bread dough like cash money i can't right. remember anyways it doesn't matter that's the currency <laughs> and uh you you have to also manage that because your students will ask you for things to fulfill their objectives and their needs and you have to balance because you're never going to have enough of that currency to unlock all the things that you need to unlock to, you know, help every single student, which again, I didn't realize right away. And I just like the first like five things that came up, I was like, absolutely here, have this, have that. And then someone's like, I need a special bookshelf to create my, to finish my assignment. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> I was like, well, I got that guy a foosball table. So <laughs> priorities. <laughs> <laughs> so you spent all your resources on a foosball table and you couldn't give the guy a poor shelf? I give the guy a bookshelf, yeah. Oh. And did, like, is this one of those instances where... Oh, he where... failed his assignment. Yeah, oh. he flunked out. And I was like, whoops. This is going to be... Like, if I play this, this is going to be building a bathroom with no doors all over again. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> and then why, it's like, why are my why are my Sims peeing all over the kitchen? Oh, right. <laughs> they have no way to get into the bathroom. Silly. Well, me. thankfully, thankfully, when you build bathrooms and classrooms and dorm rooms and all the rest of it, they don't let you finalize a room without certain things. And so like for the bathroom, it's like you have to have a toilet and a door. For a dorm room, you have to have a bed and a door. <laughs> like, okay. it, it doesn't let you make the the no way to get in mistake. <laughs> so it's Ryan proof is what you're saying. Yes, it is Ryan proof. Absolutely. <laughs> so, great. yeah, again, it is it's free on Game Pass. It is the second game in the series. So, um, again, I haven't played Hospital, but it is also an option if you like blow through campus. Um, so, yeah, I mean... I think it's super fun. It's great. Had a great sense of humor. Has a lot of good mechanics. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to talk about it next week, but I, I would expect that it's going to ramp up in some difficulty once I get out of the first uh, university and on to the next one. So go check it out. It's on Game Pass or it's uh, 54 bucks Canadian. Otherwise, uh, I'm actually, I don't know where else. I'm pretty sure you can get it like on Steam and everything else. It's not exclusive to Xbox. No, I, I think it is on Steam. Uh, but it is, uh, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, is it on PlayStation? I, f- I feel like I know it's Xbox PC for sure. Yeah, um, uh, it is definitely. I just checked uh, Two Point Campus, Two Point Hospital and all of the there's a lot of DLC for the hospital, um, I guess, base game. But um, yeah, they are all available on Steam anyways. So definitely a PC title. Oh. It's also on Switch and PlayStation. So there you go. There you go. I feel like this would be a really good Switch game. Oh, yeah. Neat. I yeah, I feel like this would probably translate over to switch pretty well. Huh. So, yeah, uh, go and check it out, because, again, yeah, I, I had a really great time. Uh, That's oh, no, wait, that's oh, my God. I was about to be like, that's going to do it for us tonight. <laughs> that is not going to do it for us tonight. First of all, we're going to thank our patrons. Thank you very much to Matthew W. and to Tyson for going over to Patreon dot com slash the gamers in to support the show. You guys are awesome. If you want to hear your name here for the month of October, go and do the same thing. Head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in to support everything that Ryan and I do here, uh, including actually talking about the news and not ending the show early. Uh, we got some news this week from Sony. It looks like they are working on a lot of adaptations for film and TV, one of which is a Days Gone movie. <laughs> I'm so excited, but also so disappointed. <laughs> I have mixed feelings about this. Yeah, um, they can't make a sequel, but they'll they'll give us uh, a, a movie adaptation. And, I mean, here's the exactly. thing. Exactly. I'm just like, why are you pouring all these resources into making this into a movie? Like, yay, because uh, I mean, it, it was a pretty cool universe and story and all the rest of it. Although, you know, like I, you could probably condense the story that they told Yeah, Like if you took out all of the combat and all the other like stuff you actually had to do, you could probably smoosh it down into a two hour movie. But uh, why put all that effort into making Days Gone into a movie instead of actually making a sequel to a game that very clearly was expecting a sequel. <laughs> like, oh, I'm so mad. All I want is Days Gone 2. That's all I want, people. Well, you you may get it if you uh, go to the theaters and, and buy a ticket. It's it. I mean, you like, here's the thing. I 
we were having these discussions in Discord. Sony seems to be adapting like all their stuff. And I and I feel like right now is the best time for that because again, like you don't have to go to theaters to be a successful movie. Like they can say, okay, this day's gone movie. It might not go to theaters. Maybe we sell the rights to Netflix. Maybe we sell it to Amazon Prime Video. Like that is not seen as a death nail these days. Like that's that is seen as as success. But you're right, absolutely. It is odd to see them shelve a sequel so hard that it's like it, it hurts. Um, because again, like when they said, oh, there was no follow up, like it was very clear, like it did not meet expectations and we're not, we're not going to do a sequel, but they have a story. They have that work. They have, they have all that pre-production done. Maybe this is how we see the story, right? Like maybe if the Days Gone movie does really well, it becomes the Days Gone cinematic universe instead of the Days Gone, like video game universe you know what i mean like maybe maybe this is how we see the ideas and we see the content and if i look at it through that lens that makes me a little bit happier but like i really did enjoy like the horde mechanics in days gone and i really liked the the fast zombies and the kind of like and obviously the you know technical glitches that they had with that tech and whatever aside it was it was a very fun zombie game which for me to say that like that's saying something right like i don't normally enjoy zombie games at all but i really liked being in this world i really liked the story that they told and i loved the the real scary danger that these like underground like night loving fast running hordes of hundreds of of enemies did and like how you had to like do the strategies and stuff and the number of times i died like it was i don't know i just i really enjoyed it and uh yeah i would like to see that game on like made as like a sequel made to that game on a newer more powerful engine that could maybe do even more with the hordes right yeah well and I agree with you. I would love to see uh, like a sequel on on PlayStation Five, and I and I think you know as someone who engages with a lot of zombie content and and kind of sees it for what it is. Like I think um, zombie content does not do well in theaters. You have to be very you have to basically hit yeah uh, you have to you have to just get really lucky. I mean, you look at the Resident Evil series in theaters. Like that is a an example of of getting just the right audience and and being very lucky with with uh they made six of those things but then you look at the resident (laughs) evil reboot (laughs) and it's like oh this is closer to the games this is you know more campy in nature but like that's zombie content and and it didn't do well it did i think it made up for its lack of performance at the box office and in dvd sales and stuff which is which is a very typical scenario with with you know horror movies in general but um I mean, this this feels like, yeah, they'll make a movie. But I think in order for this to find success, I feel like you have to. I don't think you position it as a theater film. I, I, I don't think it's something that goes to theaters. I think it it needs to be something like that maybe goes to a streaming service and gets a gets more of a push there. Um, I think it'll do better uh, there because I think if it goes to theater, you'll have the same scenario you had with Days Gone the game where you put all this yeah. effort into it, all this marketing and you get all hyped up. And then the studios are like, Oh, well it, it failed at the box office. Like, well, no, you made a good movie and, and it did well for, for the, for, you know, it just did well, 
But like, if it doesn't do amazing and, you know, light the CEO of Sony's socks on fire, like it suddenly goes back on the shelf and never to be seen again. And I think that's where I would really like to see them build this as like a like a streaming movie, like something for Netflix or um, gosh, I, I, I put it out there in the universe in the discord. But I wonder, like with all these news stories is 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 Sony going to launch their own streaming service? Cause like, you oh, don't, God. you don't There's go so all many, in though. <laughs> I know there are, but you don't go all in and all this content creation. And unless you're, unless you are like doing the whole, like, okay, we're going to send, and they are, they are doing this because, you know, God of war is going to go to Amazon prime Horizon's going to go to Netflix. And I don't know if that's worse, like moving your products all around. I mean, we all are already basically subscribed to those, but I wonder if Sony is building out their own service. I don't think they have the content to support it. And even if they adapt every single video game they have, they're still going to struggle to support their own streaming service. But I I wonder if there's a future where um, this is where they're headed, like trying to build out as much content as they can. In a world where Sony makes movies. (laughs) And they do. They make lots of movies. But um, maybe this is just a licensing thing and they're they're just... uh, because they they have done really well to license their stuff um, and and basically make as much money. Like I think they have like three deals deep for Spider Man and their Spider Man movies in terms of where they go after theaters. Like they go to three different streaming services over the course of five years, and that deal's all worked out, and they get the money, and they're like, "Yep, we just we just move the file from one streaming service to the next, and we just collect the bank," you know. Um, so I don't know. It's it's interesting to see. I mean, the other news here was that Gravity Rush is also uh, going to be adapted. So again, like another game that it, it was a very niche release. It did get a sequel, but that sequel didn't perform and they basically like shut down the studio. But again, like it's content they have that they own that they can adapt. And maybe uh, if you're looking at the positive side, which I think we can here, maybe you get some new life breathed into these franchises that were probably not going to be revisited in the format we wanted them to. So like, maybe it's a good thing that, that they're making all these movies and stuff. I, I, I'll have to see when they get released. Ever, ever the optimist, ever the optimist. Yeah, I came around there. <laughs> First, I suggested Sony was making their own streaming service. Now I'm like, maybe these movies will be good. I don't know. Like, I mean, Uncharted was good, right? Like it was, it was a pretty good video game movie. It wasn't. Yeah. Did we ever even really talk about that? The new Uncharted movie? I think it's came up a couple times. I, I I think I think maybe I talked about it. We had a guest on, maybe. I can't remember. Um which is almost as bad. But I I remember that movie being okay for what it was. Like it was a good Uncharted film. Like but again, like you're not gonna see people like giving it an Oscar or something, but that's fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's not what it's supposed to do. No, no. I don't I don't need it to win an Oscar. I, I think it just needs to be a good Uncharted film. And that's what it was, just like the Tomb Raider films. Like, I think they do a they do a good job at, at making a Tomb Raider movie. And that's that is what we're looking for. So if they can give us Days Gone again, like, that's awesome. Um, I that's what the sequel should be called. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I, I feel like the 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 very. So if you look at what happened in days gone like it was very zombie trope type stuff but they they were doing some fun stuff with it but i think the ending is where it was like oh this is really interesting so if they could like maybe do the movie half and half of like do the first half be that that typical zombie trope 
survival horror type type movie. And then like in the second and then half, pull in some of the bigger universe stuff. Yeah, that would be really I'd really like to see that. Um, again, this is just early days. So like I think they have a writer and maybe an actor uh, attached this Sheldon. No, that's the outlet. I don't I've not watched Outlander, but I guess Outlander Sam Hugan, I guess. Yeah, I saw his picture. I haven't watched Outlander either. And I was like, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> if they rough him up a little, but. Well, I mean, the funny, the, the crazy part I, is. I mean, that, like, I mean, like with makeup. Yes, no, of course. <laughs> Just, okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm not suggesting someone go beat him up or something to make him tough. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think uh, it's one of those things where um, it's also tough here because the the actor that played the main character in Days Gone could probably just play the main character in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sam Whitaker, Sam, uh, I forget it. That's not his name. That's a Transformers character. What? I can't even remember his name. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to look it up so that we don't keep butchering this poor guy. <laughs> yeah. I, he was a star killer in, in the, the Star Wars video games. I know that. Uh, Sam Witwer. I was close. Well, I had the first part right. <laughs> oh, that guy. Okay. Yeah, Sam Whitwer. And and again, like I think, like there's no there's no news about who that actor is going to play. Like everyone assumes that they'll be playing the main character, but again, like we have no details. This is just a deadline article. They were released days apart, and it just it seems like they weren't kidding when PlayStation Production said we are going to adapt and license all of our stuff like all these streaming services are just craving new content and i think it's it's sony's market to basically like own all the ip produce all the content because they have a production company and they have they are a film company and basically Mm -hmm. say like okay give us millions of dollars and then you can have this film on your on your service and i Mm -hmm. think like that that goes a long way it basically guarantees you're getting a paycheck for a movie uh no matter no matter what, like no matter how it performs, but they will put stuff in theaters like Uncharted and um, likely Ghost of Tsushima as well. They're making a, a, a an adaptation of that, but like they have a lot of options here. So it, it is it is interesting to see them take the opposite approach that Nintendo's doing, which is Nintendo is doing one film, see how it goes. And if it doesn't do well, wait 30 years and try again. So, <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's it's been 30 years since that Mario movie. And and again, like that movie wasn't that bad, right? Bob Hoskins <laughs> and uh, all those other fun folks. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, another piece of news this week. Twitch is going to let partners stream on YouTube and Facebook. So this is basically ending the clause that Twitch partners had in their contracts that said that they were only allowed to post content on Twitch. And, you know, this was quite a big sticking point and was really only, I guess, only included in contracts because they could, you know, like they were the only game in town for quite a while. And so it was, you know, like kind of like if you wanted to make it as a game streamer, becoming a Twitch partner was a really big deal, right? Like that was the the be all end all go for a lot of goal for a lot of people. And so therefore they kind of signed these exclusivity contracts 
almost without another thought, but the, and, and, and Twitch admits this as well in their, in their posting that basically the landscape of content creation has changed and not even so much just like the YouTube stuff, but there's just like so many different places that you could place your content, like even stuff like TikTok, right? Or Twitter, like those weren't, or at least in my Twitch partner contract, um, those services weren't named. My exclusivity contract basically said like it's Twitch and literally nothing else for 24 hours. So like you couldn't concurrently stream to like YouTube or Facebook, which would otherwise allow you to do, you know, concurrent streaming. Um, but then you also couldn't take that content and like upload it to YouTube. So that was a big thing for um, like podcasting specifically. But then also like you couldn't put like snippets and highlights and clips and things out on these other services because then you were breaking your exclusivity contract. And that was really shitty. <laughs> but there's like that's so core to the marketing now of like content creators that Twitch has finally said, okay, fine. Yes, you can stream to other services. Yes, you can use your content in other places. You don't have to wait the 24-hour window to post things elsewhere, which is a pretty big deal from a content creator perspective. And I have to think it's because there's a little bit more con uh, competition in the space. Yeah. Oh, it makes sense. And and I mean, they, they still aren't going to allow um, like multi streaming and that you can't go live to Twitch and YouTube at the same time. But it, it sounds like that you can you can move to different platforms without ruining your contract, but you can simultaneously cast to Twitch and like mobile platforms like TikTok and, and Instagram, like you were saying. So it just seems like more flexibility. And again, for those streamers that want to take advantage of of multiple platforms like they have that ability and i think you're right like it comes down to competition like if if youtube and facebook weren't limiting um these these aspects uh in in their contracts then that might bring people over and be like okay maybe i maybe i am gonna go on youtube and see how that goes and then this way i can i can be on multiple platforms like it, it makes sense to to make this change and again like without making that change it just seems like you're stuck in the past, you know, um, so it's good that they've done this. It, it kind of came out of nowhere, actually. I didn't realize like they were even considering stuff because, like you said, like they are still the biggest one in town. Yeah. And it's really funny because it's the kind of thing that like streamers have been asking for their exclusivity contracts to be removed or like the clause in their contracts to be removed for years and years and years and years and years like basically since there were other alternatives and not even other alternatives but just since youtube became popular because it was the kind of thing where you weren't allowed to post within 24 hours content that you would stream to twitch so you were constantly putting outdated things on youtube which just youtube as a platform even without live streaming was getting so huge that that was a really big handicap to, to, you know, like be putting stuff out 24 hours. Like if you were talking about any sort of news releases, if you were dealing with, you know, game launches, like people who want to watch the start of a game, like they're just going to watch a let's play. So yeah, you were like constantly behind the eight ball. It felt like when it came to posting content on YouTube. So it was the kind of thing that people asked for, for a really long time and Twitch was largely silent on until all of a sudden, like, it felt like all of a sudden I woke up this morning and saw this on Twitter and I was like, 
wait, what now? <laughs> like of all the things, I mean, I'm glad you're doing something we ask for. Like, thank you. But, you know, also of all the things like this is the thing. OK, <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Twitch. Like it's better than not doing it for sure. But the list is still really long, <laughs> yeah. which maybe makes me sound ungrateful. But <laughs> oh, they'll get there. They'll get around to it. This 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 one seemed like it didn't require like just remove a couple sentences in the in the PDF uh, creator or whatever, and you're good to go, right? Like, I, like I don't think there are systems in place here. It's just a, a contractual thing. I'm sure there was some legal stuff they had to work through. Yeah, it's a contractual thing. So it's basically just like smaller partners were probably fine, <laughs> but you know, it's the kind of thing where like if you get caught, you're in big trouble. So maybe just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, what else have we got this week? What's going on? What what's what's going on with this spending spree? I guess consolidating a whole bunch of gaming com gaming companies under one umbrella of the Embracer Group, aptly yeah. named. <laughs> yeah, so Embracer has embraced uh, some more folks uh, with millions of dollars. I mean, at least it's millions this time and not billions. I feel like we've been talking about billion dollar acquisitions for the last like year and a half. <laughs> yeah. And and this is a big so this is a big one. This was an under I think this is uh, in total. The purchase was under a billion. So it was like uh, about eight, 780 million. Uh, and they picked up Middle Earth Enterprises, which is uh, to me like the big surprise that someone would sell their rights to do all the things with Lord of the Rings. Like I, I felt like that was kind of a. Is that not a cash cow? Am I am I mistaken there? And that like owning the rights to license that stuff wouldn't just be, you know, a chance to <laughs> write checks or cash checks, I guess. I mean, you would think so, because I feel like they've tried Lord of the Rings themed almost every genre, right? Like there was um, Lord of the Rings Online was the MMO. I'm not even sure if that's still going, but they've also done like RTSs. We were talking about Battle for Middle Earth in the Discord uh, a couple weeks ago, which is like my, <clears throat> excuse me, my favorite RTS. And uh, yeah, like they've also done the the whole Shadows of Mordor thing. Like they've they've covered a lot of genres, and maybe they're just like, meh, <laughs> like we've done all we can do let somebody else play with the IP for a while, but it does seem to me like the most well-known IP. And I feel like it's one of those IPs that like when you see a new Lord of the Rings video game, like you're probably on board if you're a fan. It's like you just have a built-in ready to go audience, right? That'll probably try it even if it's not their favorite genre. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I wonder like as someone who uh, didn't read the books and, and, wasn't really in on the books, didn't really know much about it until uh, the movies came out. I wonder if the movies have really like had that initial uh, propelling of the franchise and then it, and it has steadily declined since the last trilogy came out. Like, I mean, when I think about video games in recent years, it's really just been Shadow of Mordor. Um, those two games that came yeah. out. Uh, but there was a lot of games that came out, like the one you mentioned, Battle for Middle Earth, around that time when the movies were big. And it kind of it kind of faded away. And they're really outside of Shadow of War and Shadow of Mordor. There wasn't there wasn't a lot. But um, it, it is interesting to see Embracer Group pick it up. I mean, they have a lot of studios under uh, under their umbrella that they could say, you know, OK, you guys can make a Lord of the Rings this and a Lord of the Rings that. So it makes sense. You have all those studios. Now you have a major IP that you can sort of move around between the studios and 
you know, maybe Warhammer it up and just make a new game every week. Uh, maybe that's what they do here. But um, they also picked up uh, Tatsujin. Uh, I'm not familiar with that studio, but Tripwire Interactive. Those are the folks behind uh, Killing Floor. So they got picked up as well. OK, I was going to say that one sounds familiar. Tripwire. Yeah. Uh, and I think they did the Maneater, the shark game as well. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, Limited Run Games, which is a company that specializes in doing physical releases of, uh, you know, games that wouldn't necessarily get a, a physical release. So basically a company that exists uh, to serve Whirlwind in the Discord who just buys physical <laughs> games. Um, so he'll be excited to hear that they are being given a bunch of money to continue doing what they're doing. Uh, Tuxedo Labs and Singtrix. I'm not familiar with those. But uh, they also state that in this, you know, disclosure of purchase or whatever, that they have one other company that they've purchased. I think it's the third. They said the third or fourth most expensive uh, in the lot. But they, for business reasons, can't disclose what the studio is. Um, Oh, interesting drama. Yeah. So I don't know. I I mean, I thought maybe with Gamescom, they would have it would have been attached to that and maybe they couldn't announce it because it would it would give something away. But as of right now, we don't know what that studio is, but you can kind of look at these, you know, studios that are included in a lot and, and kind of like a lot of people are like, Oh my God, they're buying Nintendo. It's like, no, 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 this is, you know, this is a, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in terms of acquisitions, but not, it's like you said, and not billions. So yeah, um, <laughs> think a little smaller than that. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, embracer has been, pretty busy uh this year picking up studios and i'm sure they'll keep going i'm sure they're not going to stop anytime soon well i look forward to seeing what they actually do and we might see some of that as you mentioned gamescom has opened up now so uh what are some of the highlights coming out of there because i haven't had a chance to watch anything gamescom i'm i'm doing my best to keep up with gaming you guys but the puppies oh my god the puppies they're so much work (laughs) so i missed gamescom i have no idea what's going on over there yeah i mean in your defense it was it was today as of this recording it happened you know this afternoon and uh i i just had a chance to sort of go through the article i I watched parts of it kept up on twitter but i mean i i pulled some highlights um they announced uh, so sony announced a new controller so if you're familiar with the xbox elite controllers um mm, that they yep. have uh sony has uh, announced their competing controller it's called the DualSense edge uh when i first saw the images i'm like that's a dual sense controller I, I don't see what's different here but i guess there are similar to the elite controller you can replace uh the control sticks and it's all customizable all the buttons and you can you know change the uh the thumb pads and it's like the module thing mod- yeah modular controller yeah exactly so it's their modular version of the dual sense and i'm sure it'll cost a 300 some odd dollars like the other one for xbox does so it's it's really a controller like it it's for it's it's for folks that want to spend 300 dollars on a controller i i mean personally I, it's i've not used an elite controller people are people swear by them like they say they're amazing but it's it's a tough sell for me like controllers are already expensive but i have i to their credit, I have not used one of those controllers yet. I, I wish uh, I wish I could give them a shot, but yeah, they're they are pricey. Um, this was something we knew about but hadn't seen yet. So they were so Tales from the Borderlands 
is a Telltale game that came out years ago. It's it's mm-hmm. some see it as uh, probably the best way to experience Borderlands. Um, <laughs> it was really well received, uh, but they're doing a new one. This is new Tales from the Borderlands. It's being developed in-house by Gearbox and it's out this October. So we got our first look trailer uh, today and it's all new characters. You don't have to have played other Borderlands games or the previous Tales games. Um, and you can kind of go in. It, it looks like a lot of fun. It looks like it's going to be a, a fun adventure. And um, it's not a first person shooter. It's an adventure game. So you'll be able to uh, uh, if you're bad at first person shooters like me, you'll you'll be right at home here with the narrative choice driven uh, game. So <laughs> experience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, new Destiny trailer was announced today. Destiny had their own sort of streaming experience, and then they also had a trailer. I am so far behind on Destiny, but I know if we didn't mention it, 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 it is big news, uh, this new expansion. And uh, I guess it's going to culminate a story that's been told since the beginning of time uh, when Destiny 1 came out or something. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's it's a big deal. It'll be out in February. They announced the date and the trailer. Uh, I guess there there's a city on Neptune that they're going to be exploring. So, um, and I I guess part of that news was they're gonna, they're not going to be sunsetting expansions anymore. So that was a big controversy. They said they were with each new expansion they would sunset old content to basically make the game not explode. Um, but okay. I guess they found a way to <laughs> sort that out. I mean, that was it was a highlight of the, that I saw on Twitter that people were sharing. I don't think they shared how they were going to do it. But like that was my understanding is that they had to sunset content because the game would just get so massive mm. um, that it would it would cause issues. But I guess they sorted it out. So more Destiny coming um, in February. It, the trailer did look cool. Again, I'm so far behind on the Destiny story that I have no idea what's going on. Um, once they killed off Nathan Fillion's character, I was like, Ugh, I'm going to, I'm going to walk <laughs> down guys. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. He was my favorite part of the game. And <laughs> like, uh, I feel like they, I, they didn't even get Nathan Fillion to come back for that expansion to voice his character dying. Um, they said it was like some, you know, scheduling conflicts, but at the end of the day, it's like, I don't know. It felt weird. How long could it possibly take to record a death sequence? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he dies like I think he dies in the first mission. And it's actually Nolan. The funny thing is Nolan North that's that's doing. He does a great job uh, of, of stepping in. To, <laughs> we in, love Nolan North. Here. Oh, yes. I love Nolan North. And he does a great job to to sound like Nathan Fillion. Uh, Cade Cade character dying or whatever. Um, it, it works. It works. But again, that's where the game kind of lost me, but, uh, um, they, they showed another trailer for high on life, which was the, um, Rick and Morty shooter type thing. Um, yeah, I don't think it's technically Rick and Morty, but it's definitely from the minds of Rick and Morty's creators. Yeah. But it's funny. Like the, the guy who's the creator, I think it's Justin Roiland, I think is his name. He he has that voice. He has the voice. He has the the Morty voice. Yeah, the Morty voice. Yeah. So it sound it looks and it's the same art style and the same sounds as yeah. Rick and Morty. So it's like, why don't you just make this the Rick and Morty game? <laughs> well, and and maybe it's Rick and Morty adjacent, but it's just so funny and like whenever he, I'm not saying he can't do other voices because I'm sure he can, but whenever he does a different project, he has at least one of those characters sound exactly like Morty, his Morty voice, which is fine because it's a funny voice. 
Um, I think a lot of people when they were watching this new trailer and this boss battle were like, literally your weapons and the boss you're fighting are constantly talking to each other um, and badgering each other and joking around. And and to me, like, I, I don't mind that. I kind of find that type of humor funny and, you know, just having these things constantly chatter at each other. But I know some folks will find that annoying. And well, yeah, that was like my first question was like, wait, OK, I've sentient weapons. Does that mean they're going to talk the whole time? And it turns yes. out, yes, yes. <laughs> they will talk constantly. They will make comments about where you're touching them to reload. I saw that a lot in the trailer. Um, they will be constantly questioning why the boss is doing certain things. And uh, yeah, that that trailer will give you a good idea of what to expect. And it's coming to Game Pass day one. It did get delayed into December. Uh, but uh, it, it looks like it will be fun. It looks like a sort of a, a fun shooter. Yeah, and you know what to expect there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, a couple more things. Uh, it looks like Kojima is going to be doing podcasts now. That was his big news. He's going to launch a podcast on Spotify. So he's getting that Spotify money. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what it's going to be about. Uh, Jeff Keighley, of course, said that he would guest on one of the episodes because they they do everything together now. <laughs> so there you go. Um, and the last but not least is uh, Dead Island 2 has finally resurfaced um, after many years and many developers. I think they've 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 had this game with three or four different studios now, and uh, it's going to be launching in February as well. And uh, it looks really fun. It looks like it will be a good time um plus it's got the tone right i think like that was the issue with dying dying light was a game that was the same studio that made uh dead island and they went and did their own thing but they they did a more serious take like they went more in the serious angle and i think with dead island uh two they're they're doing the more um you know not not serious at all more like saints row type type humor and uh, i think that works really well with an open world sort of zombie game and, and it's more closer to the original dead island a little more tongue-in-cheek a little more funny that sort of thing so mm-hmm. um i'm looking forward to that one it, it looks like it will be a lot of fun awesome so uh we will keep you guys up to date on the gamescom announcements uh next week because it will be you know i'm sure we'll have a whole lot more to talk about then uh until then if you guys want to chat about things happening live head on over to our discord at bit.ly slash tgi discord that is also where you can find the super awesome game club talking about pyre every sunday so do go and check that out you can also visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com or follow us over on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>